Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, everyone? Happy New Year! It's 2018, or at least it will be by the time I release this.、Um, <clears throat> I always try to set up my podcasts before I release them. I know I promise two each month. I don't always I break my promises. I'm sorry about that. But either way,、uh, thanks for tuning in to Social Jello with Angelo. Real quick,、uh, quick shout out to TuneIn Radio for broadcasting. If you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, seriously, just turn it off, really.、Uh, Listen to it as a podcast. If you're sitting here wondering why I hardly ever stare at the camera,、um, it's because this show wasn't designed to be a TV show.、Uh, I have the video <clears throat> mostly just to have other venues of advertising because it's a good way of kind of getting more hits. But to be honest, if you're watching this online as a YouTube video, it's just way too long. I mean, 30 minutes? 30 minutes to an hour of a YouTube? Like, do you really have that time? I don't have that kind of time. So that's why I normally listen to podcasts. The cool thing about listening to it as a podcast, either from TuneIn Radio, FM, Last FM Radio, or from Blueberry, is you can download the app for free onto your phone and then you can just listen to it on the go. Plug it into your headphones, go for a jog. You can hook it up to your car and listen to it in your car. It's absolutely free. If you're too lazy to download an app or you feel, oh fuck, I already have so much shit on my phone, it's not going to fit any more data. I don't want to download it. Cool, don't. It's actually can be streamed from my website. You can go to www.socialjello.com. You don't have to download any apps. Just go up there on your smartphone, hit play. Boom. Listen to it for free. Either way, this episode of the Social Jello podcast is going over the legalities and as well as some of the rules of the Jehovah's Witness religion. I hope you enjoy it. Check it out. So, the whole reason I actually put together this podcast in the first place is because I'm always telling people to hit me up either on my email or on Facebook. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer. Now, this isn't always podcast related, and I have a lot of friends who just plain have a lot of questions and will hit me up with questions anyway. But after answering a, cer- a certain question regarding this subject, I felt that it might be an interesting topic to cover on the podcast. So, before we start, let's just get some real quick stuff out there.、Um, maybe some of you know what the Jehovah's Witness religion is. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe some of you know my history with the Jehovah's Witness religion. Maybe some of you don't. If this is your first episode or one of your newer episodes that you're listening to the Social Jello podcast,、um, I have a Master's of Science in Psychology. I was actually born and raised a Jehovah's Witness, and I left, I fell through the cracks of that religion. Uh, when I was a teenager.、Um, luckily enough, I never got kicked out.、Um, I'll go into that. I'll go into why I'm lucky I didn't get kicked out. And I never really announced that I was leaving. I just became what they call inactive and just never really activated anything. And they lost all my paperwork information. And now I'm just considered a worldly person. 
these are all terminologies and words that they use to classify things that most society probably doesn't know. You probably are thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, I'm going to cover that. But before we start, let's just give you a little bit of history. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, they were their original founder was named Charles Taze Russell. Um, he started a magazine called the Zion's Watchtower and Herald of Christ's Presence back in 1879. And that's what's kind of the founding father of the religion. And I don't want to go through too much of the history because it'll take forever. And I, I'll probably do it on a different podcast. If you're interested, hit me up. I'll more than likely do it even if you don't hit me up. Because I found it pretty interesting. I'm going to be working on a book on it one of these days. Um, but just to give you an idea, there's just a quick rundown on it. For for those of my friends, I still have a lot of friends that are Jehovah's Witnesses. They're great people. They're very nice. Um, I'm also going to cover in this podcast, why is it that you'll meet some people that are pretty cool and pretty nice? As long as you're not in the religion with them, as long as you don't join, things are actually pretty cool. Um... And why are some of them just kind of off their rocker? You might have met some of them that are off their rocker. I've met plenty of those too. I'm going to go over that a little later. But before we do, let's go over the definition of a doomsday cult. So according to research done um, by, by uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a book written called Doomsday Cult, A Study of Conversion and Proselytization and Maintenance of Faith. Um, and it was done by, it was written by sociologist John Laughlin in 1966. He was actually looking at group members of a cult called the Unification Church of the United States. It was a little different what he was looking at. But the definition that he came up with was based off this research. And a doomsday cult that is an expression used to describe groups who believe in apocalypticism probably messed that up, and millenarianism, and can refer to groups that they're pretty much, they believe that the world is going to end. Let's just put it real quick. Laymans, they believe the world's going to end. Now, is the Jehovah's Witness religion a doomsday cult? Well, I've talked to some Jehovah's Witnesses recently, and they say it no longer is a doomsday cult. They do believe that there is going to be an end eventually, but it's not going to be as near as they thought. And this is a reoccurring theme in their religion. Um, even back it, when it was founded, uh, Charles Taze Russell had a few mishaps with predicting when the world might end and then it didn't end. And then he came up with a different reason of why it didn't end and justified it, rationalized it. And they continued to do kind of rehash what they already had going. So... That's their history. They've been doing that for a long time, since 1879. Uh, when I was in the religion, uh, they were pretty much always talking about how the world was going to end any second now, and that the signs were really, they were out there. But from what I've heard from my friends that were from my generation, some of them who left and returned, they said it's not like that anymore. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I didn't go back. I, I can only talk to them. I'll take their word for it. So from looking at it from a surface value point of view, um, many of them do not feel that it's just to call them a doomsday cult because although they do believe that the world is going to end, they don't believe it's going to end on a certain date. Um, however, they're very evangelistic about the way they go about their uh, movement. Um, that's why you see a lot of them going door to door, preaching, that kind of thing. And that's what's kind of made them pretty popular. 
not to be confused with Mormons, the guys in the bikes. The guys in the bikes, those are Mormons. The people wearing suits, um, not just men, families, you'll see males, females, those are Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, they don't wear name tags. People wearing name tags, Mormons. Okay, there's a quick overview. So, why am I talking about all this? Well, <clears throat> I got an email from a friend. Um, to keep everybody anonymous, I'm not going to go into too many details about where or what or why and how, but I will kind of give a general broad description, an anecdote, if you will. And he was pretty much asking me, what were the rules, what are the rules of a Jehovah's Witness? Like, what are they, they I know they have a lot of quirky rules, um, and the reason he was asking was because one of his, he's a manager, and there was a, there was an issue with one of the employees during Christmas. And he was asking about what were the religious beliefs for Jehovah's Witnesses in Christmas. And the interesting thing is that that varies per Jehovah's Witness. Now, the general rule for any Jehovah's Witness is that they do not celebrate holidays or birthdays. The reason behind it, um, well, they feel that, well, first of all, they don't celebrate birthdays. We'll start with that. They don't celebrate birthdays because they feel it's vain. It's a celebration of yourself and to create a more humble atmosphere, to be more humble, to show more humility, uh, they decided to say that birthdays were, were not something that they wanted to celebrate. Uh, they quote a lot of Bible scriptures saying that there's nowhere in the Bible that says that you have to celebrate birthdays and that when birthdays are mentioned in the Bible, someone always gets killed. So using that, they kind of justify the idea that birthdays should not be celebrated. So they don't celebrate birthdays. That's against their rules. Uh, they also don't celebrate Christmas. Well, what's Christmas? The birthday of Jesus Christ. Okay, so here, there you have it. They already don't celebrate birthdays, so why would they celebrate the birthday of Christ? Now, I know a lot of you right now just went, Oh, they're not Christians, and you're getting really angry. I'm just trying to break down how they see it. That's not the only reason they don't celebrate Christmas. Um, the other reason they don't celebrate Christmas is because they look at what the they look at Bible scriptures and talk about how Christ asked people to commemorate his death and specifically the Passover where he handed out the bread and the and the wine and they have that picture that nice famous photo uh, painting that I'm sure some, some of you have seen of Christ's Last Supper and that was based on the religious doctrine that Christ wanted people to celebrate his death um, and remember what he died for and the sins and all that stuff. Again, I'm not really trying to go into theology. I'm just trying to give you an idea of why they don't celebrate Christmas. So they celebrate Christ's death and they don't celebrate his birth because they said there's nowhere in the Bible that says to celebrate Christ's birth. On top of that, uh, as far as when Christmas is celebrated, if you look at my episode notes, you're going to see um, some information about when Christmas is celebrated. And in the episode notes, you'll also see some references about how uh, the Catholic Church changed the dates for Christmas to be able to accommodate uh, other pagan religions. They realized that there was a lot of pagans that were worshiping the sun god around that time. So to make it easier to convert them, uh, they actually made the date that's now celebrated on uh, during December 25th. So the actual date and all that was kind of more of the church's way of trying to get convert more followers. So it, that was that was another thing that uh, 
Jehovah's Witnesses would point out that Christ wasn't even born in December because if he was born in December in the middle, if, if you're going to take everything that the Bible says uh, for at face value as historical fact, um, the time period in the Middle East, it would be snowing heavily during that time. And there's no way that the uh, the wise men would have been able to tra be traveling. They wouldn't be traveling at night in the desert. They wouldn't have never made it. Um, in that remote area because of how harsh the winters are. So um, if you hear a bell in the background, <laughs> uh, right now it's New Year's and uh, my town in Japan has a fire brigade that drives around randomly ringing their fucking bell. So I'm really sorry for the bell in the background, but I thought I'd explain it instead of just sit here and act like it's not there and or have you wondering why does he have a bell in the background? That's what's going on. Sorry about that. Side note. Either way. So, like I was saying, um, that's why Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Christmas. Now, are they allowed to celebrate Christmas? I know I just said they don't celebrate Christmas, but are they allowed to celebrate Christmas? Well, that's where there's a lot of gray. What Jehovah's Witnesses will say is that you should not celebrate Christmas. It's against their rules. It's considered a pagan holiday, and you should not celebrate it. However, if someone is to receive a gift during Christmas, or if they are to give a gift to someone else because their family gave them a gift that are not Jehovah's Witnesses, and it doesn't bother their conscience to say, I'm giving you this gift, not for Christmas, but as a gift exchange. You gave me a gift. I realize you gave it to me for Christmas. It's against my beliefs to accept this for Christmas, but if you, give, if you give me the gift under the premise that you want to give me a gift around Christmas, and you don't include a Christmas card, then technically we can exchange gifts. Some Jehovah's Witnesses do this, and they do this in secret. And when they get, if they get caught, they explain it the way I just explained it, and it's up to their, up to the people that they are in their congregation to decide whether or not they broke the rules. Many of them get away with it. That. Many of them, it doesn't even come up when they when they say, oh, I'm going to go see my family during Christmas. I'm not going to celebrate, but I'm just going to sit there and that's when they have their time and I'm going to spend time with my family. There's nothing that says you can't be with your family at that time. So again, it's up to the person's conscious. Now, what happens? Well, some Jehovah's Witness families have generation after generation after generation of Jehovah's Witnesses and there's absolutely no non-Jehovah's Witnesses left. So during that time, there's no families that are celebrating Christmas. So these people can be a little more strict about it and say, we're not going to accept any gifts. We're not going to give any gifts. And if anybody gives them a gift, they promptly say, I'm sorry, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And that's a pagan holiday. And they use it as an opportunity to preach to them. Now, it's up to their conscience. So going back to the email, the reason my friend asked me this was because he was working in retail and had an influx, as everyone does in retail, of a billion customers that come during the Christmas season, driving all those people that work in retail absolutely fucking nuts. And uh, they hired some new people to help out with the new load that was coming in from this holiday season. Now, this uh, employee, being a Jehovah's Witness, said that they could not do anything related to Christmas, that they can't work anywhere near the Christmas items, they could not clean up any type of... Uh, I'm not going to go, again, I'm trying to avoid the details of this, uh, but they could, the person claimed they could not, they could not 
essentially do their job. They couldn't clean up behind any any mess left behind from Christmas or any Christmas items. They couldn't help customers load Christmas items into their car. And uh, but they still they still came into work. So during the holiday season, my friend, who's the manager, really didn't know what to do with this with this employee. So he sent him home and he was a little upset, kind of wondering, you know, he sent him home and he was kind of confused as to why he kept saying it was against his religious beliefs. And then when he brought it to, to his uh, to HR, HR pretty much said, well, yeah, it's against his religion. He's saying it's against his religious beliefs. There's nothing we can do about it. And so my my friend was trying to kind of figure things out because he knows that I celebrate Christmas. So he's like, what's going on? Like, I just saw you saying Merry Christmas. And I had to explain to my friend, well, first of all, you know, I'm not in that religion anymore. And uh, second of all, it has a lot to do with each person and their conscience. Like, how did I go from being someone who believed that to now celebrating Christmas? Um, that there's a lot of psychology behind that. There was there was a lot of uh, a lot of things I had to ask myself about society and why rituals are done and what has what makes a cohesive society. And I started realizing that even from looking at it from a theological perspective, where the Bible talks about when in Rome do as the Romans do, um, that that idea that if you're going to be within a society and there's these rules and, uh, and things that everyone else is doing, as long as it's not directly hurting someone harming someone as long as it's not directly hurting my conscience it doesn't hurt my conscience at all to celebrate christmas and if i'm not hurting someone else in the process then what's the what's the big deal if anything not celebrating christmas around people who do celebrate christmas and making them feel bad for celebrating christmas that is hurting someone it doesn't hurt me any it doesn't hurt me any even if i chose not to celebrate christmas and just not tell anyone Right? And if someone tells me Merry Christmas, well, Merry Christmas, you know, have a good one. Like, whatever. That, that's how I used to handle it back then. But to me, I think it hurts people more to attack their beliefs. I try not to attack people's beliefs. That's one big thing when I left, when I left that religion. That's one thing I, I, I really wanted to make it, make it a, a point to not do, is go into someone's beliefs and attack them. And that's why even while doing this, I'm trying not to attack Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs. I know there might be some Jehovah's Witnesses listening to this. And I'm not trying to attack your beliefs. Um, you want to believe that? That's great. Go for it. You know. But as far as my friend who was kind of struggling with this concept, well, how is it that, is, is, is that employee allowed to do that? Well, here's the thing. The legal ramifications, legal issues behind it is that that person is allowed to do that. And I know that kind of sucks because... I know Jeho I know Jehovah's Witnesses that work in retail that had no problem doing any of the things that this employee said they wouldn't do because of their religious beliefs. They just said it's for work. Like, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas to anyone, but if my job is to work at this store and they have... You know, I can't take the Christmas season off because I have to pay my bills. I can't say it's against my re religious beliefs to work during... Christmas, that even sounds like you're going to celebrate Christmas even more than anybody else. So many of the people I knew would just do their fucking job because um, it didn't bother their conscience because they weren't breaking any rules. But again, if someone's really, we're talking about those outliers. Again, this is this person is an outlier. But if a person, once a person claims, hey, it bothers my conscience, that's an individual claim. Now, here's the legal ramifications. Jehovah's Witnesses have a 
gang of lawyers and people they know that work with lawyers and lawyers have worked with this whole idea of religious freedom and you know that the whole idea that you can't make anybody do something that's against their religious beliefs and they have had several legal cases and you can check out my notes i'm going to put them on there i'm not going to go into details of them now but there's been several legal cases where jehovah's witnesses have sued have sued the state they've sued the schools they've sued companies they've sued several entities and one each time because once one person says that it bothers their conscience and it's against their religion if they feel threatened and they get a lawyer they already have several cases and most of these cases settle out of court at this point because they've lost so many times um so when a company hears that they're a Jehovah's Witness and they don't want to do something because it's against their religion, they tend to just kind of back off and try not to make waves and hope they, that this person doesn't sue them um, and, and say that it's because of their religion. You know, get, you know, feel that they're intimidated and, uh, and later fire them and then have that person turn around, well, they fired me because I'm a Jehovah's Witness and not because they weren't being compliant and they weren't following the contract. And it, you know, that, but it's really gray again, like, in that case, if that person says it bothers their conscience, all it takes is for them to get the support of their congregation or to have just a few more members of, of their family even who might have told them that, especially if it's a young person. A lot of these people don't even really follow the religion because they believe in it, but because it's their parents and their family and the whole society structure behind it. The idea that if they leave, they're leaving their families behind and they're going to be isolated. So they end up following rules that maybe even they don't really believe in but their family is pressuring them and they're virtual signaling. So like if this person is like, you know, it bothered my conscience. So I decided I'm not going to help anyone in the parking lot because I'm showing my faith. Well, rather than saying, hey, go in there and do your fucking job. Don't be lazy. Um, they're just going to be like, good job standing for God and standing for Jehovah and standing for what you believe in. Um, you did the right thing. They always like to make, they hope people make a big deal about this kind of stuff because it's a great opportunity to to make a big stink about it and talk about how this person had so much faith that they didn't mind losing their job because they believed in their religion that much. And if anything, they'll get they'll get rewarded. Uh, they'll get rewarded for that. If they, ended up, if they did end up losing their job over them saying that they bothered their conscience to to even look or even see or even help anyone with Christmas items at work, then the religion is just going to say, wow, this person has that much faith in the religion that they're willing to, to lose their job um, over it. And they'll be rewarded for it. And that, that's pretty much how it works. Uh, once a person says it bothers their conscience, according to the individual, and that's where the issues come in, right? That's where the problems come in. Once, once that's happened, well, guess what? If you're in HR and you have someone who comes in and says, hey, I don't feel like, you know, I, we, we don't know what to do. This person said it's against the religion for them to do it. HR is not going to touch it. HR is going to be terrified that they're going to get sued. So I told my friend but in, in a shorter message, that's that's pretty much what, what HR is looking at. So for those people out there, um, if you want a company or whatever you're thinking, like, I don't want, I don't want people to feel that, Hey, should we think about this before we hire someone who says they're a Jehovah's witness? Um, well, 
legally, you have to be very careful with that. Again, if a person feels you didn't hire them because of their religion, they can use the same thing and they can say it's discrimination and that, you know, and then you'll be in the same kind of problems. But what you might want to do is kind of ask them what they are okay and not okay with doing. Um, if during an interview process, you find out that the person is a Jehovah's Witness and you work in retail or, or you work in an HR company and you and you and Christmas is a big thing for you, that might be something you might want to ask them. Like, well, what kind of beliefs do you have? What are you, you know, you realize that we, we do A, B, C, or D. Would you be would you be okay with that? Is that something that would bother your conscience? Those are the only really be specific in the contract about what they'll be doing for work. Now, in this particular case with the kid with the person that did not want to that not want to help out at work, uh, the only other thing I can think of to if you're dealing with someone who's already been hired, and they say they can't do something because it's against their religious beliefs. And you're trying to figure out, well, do I send this person home? What do I do? Then you're really going to have to get creative about what that person is comfortable with doing and make them do that. And again, it's honestly, it's a bullshit situation to be in. You know, if you're working and you're trying to just get work and shit done, um, it can be very difficult to try to work with the idea that someone's not going to do their job because it's, you know, it bothers their conscience to do it. And to try to come up with another task for this person to do, like clean the bathrooms or something, you know, it's going to be really hard to try to break through. Is this person really, is this really have, does this really have to do with it being against the religious beliefs? Or is this person just kind of being a prick and kind of doesn't like their job and they're using the religion as an excuse. And that's the problem, is that un unless uh, unless you're psychic, then it's going to be really hard. You know, they're never going to admit to that. So it, it's best to play it on the safe side um, and give them, ask them, ask them, okay, well, then what, what are you willing to do that does not bother your conscience? And then go from there. Uh, the more you come at them with aggression, the more they feel, if you make them feel like, you, if you get frustrated with them and they, and they feel that you're attacking them because of their religious beliefs, they're just going to clamp down and be more stubborn and put you in a worse position. So it's really asking a lot out of you if you work in management to just kind of have a good attitude in a really nice way, uh, work with them and figure out what they're going to do with them. Now, that being said, there's plenty of other reasons you can always lay someone off later. Like, if someone's being that fucking difficult, they're going to be difficult about something else sooner or later. So you can always just put a mental note and then just wait for them to pull some other shit on some other time. And uh, and I'm sure, uh, honestly, honestly, I, I don't, I've, I've, many of my Jehovah's Witness friends that would have not done any of the shit that that person did. So I can tell you right off the bat, that it's abnormal behavior and sooner or later that person's going to fuck up and they're going to give you the opportunity to fire them and that's what you're waiting for at that point and i'm sure that's what any big company would be waiting for at that point and uh that's that's that now 
is going back to the broad sense of other other rules that Jehovah's Witnesses have. Uh, if you ever see a Jehovah's Witness at school or at a public function that has to do with the national anthem, Jehovah's Witnesses do not say the national anthem. Oh, that's going to piss off a lot of people right there, right? It has nothing to do with Kaepernick or any other knee or any of the other social justice stuff that's going on. They've always done this. This has always been their policy. Uh, they do they do not worship the governments of man. They only worship God, and they're waiting for his government to come into play. No, it's not some sort of social revolution. They believe that the world will end and be restarted again under the rule of the higher power itself. Jesus will come down and bring an apocalyptic end to the system you see before you and will reward those who never bowed down to any man or any government or swore allegiance to one at that. And that's why they don't say the national anthem. Um, many of them, some will stand, they'll still stand. Some of them will stand, some of them will sit. Most most of them will stand. I was always told by most of my, again, most of my Jehovah's Witness friends and myself when I was growing up, I would stand to show respect to the people that, you know, do pledge allegiance and, and believed in the national anthem and or the, the Pledge of Allegiance of the flag at school. I would stand, but I wouldn't put my hand across my heart, and I wouldn't say the allegiance. And if they asked me, I had to say it's because of my religious beliefs. And I'm pretty sure that's why most of my teachers fucking hated me. <laughs> but um, again, I, I was on the receiving end of what we just talked about. This idea of someone who's not complying. Overall, it just looks like they're trying to be difficult. And really, I was a kid. And I had no choice. My parents, uh, you know, I followed that religion and my family followed that religion. And every time I told my parents about someone who gave me shit about not saying the Pledge of Allegiance and I'd talk about my religion, they'd give me a pat on the back and say, good good job, you know, spreading the word about, about the end of the world and how you're not a part of them and you're part of this religion. And again, it, it's, it made me feel special and that's why I did it. What do I do now? Well, well I'll say the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know it <laughs> to be honest i don't know the pledge of allegiance and i don't know the national anthem i, I can't even i don't even know the words because i never sang it it's just so fucking weird but yeah I'll, I'll stand up and i'll put my hand across the heart again the idea of just blending in i don't i don't want to make waves i don't want to stand out in a fucking crowd um i have my beliefs but fuck it um if people are going to be get their panties in a bunch over something, whatever. It's not hurting anyone. I'm not hurt. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt me to stand up, put my hand across my chest, and mumble out because I don't know the Pledge of Allegiance or if they're singing the national anthem. But it's, oh, say, can you see? Bop, 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 bop. I don't know the rest. That's all I can say. That's pretty much me doing the national anthem because I don't know the fucking words. But I, I'll, you know, I'll go up and give it lip service, um, just so that the people around me don't make a big scene. Luckily, uh, I live in Japan. They do the Japanese national anthem. I think. I think. I think I may have, may or may not heard it. It's funny, like the interest, the differences in patriotism between uh, America and Japan and other countries. That's a whole other podcast. But right now, um, I just want to wrap up with that quick episode of Social Jello with Angelo to cup. To cover a specific topic and um, 
I hope you enjoyed it. There is many other rules for Jehovah's Witnesses, and I have a lot of stories about it. So many that I think just to kind of not overwhelm you with information, I'm just going to leave it at that and say that today's episode was to be focused on how to handle the legalities of working with people who are Jehovah's Witnesses and what to do when someone makes a complaint about about the, similar to the one I just talked about, about not doing something because it's against their religious beliefs. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you all had a great holiday season. And stay tuned for more episodes of Social Jello with Angelo. Take care. Peace. <laughs>